Hello and welcome to the Sorry Meadows podcast. Listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and find us on social media by searching Sorry Meadows podcast. Also like to thank Spike Kappa for our theme song before we get started. Where's the time gone this year? It feels like only yesterday that we were celebrating the end of 2020 and yet here we are already in June. Over that time, lots of new films and TV shows have been released and there have been ample opportunities to discover new content. Hosting tonight is myself, Reese, and I'm joined by Melanie, Mike and Sammy, as we share with each other what we've been watching since the since the turn of the year. How are we, guys? Good, thank you. Good. We'll start with looking at films that have come out this year in 2021. With cinemas in the UK remaining closed deep into May, streaming services have become a vital source of content, with most of the high-profile releases being shown on Netflix or Prime. We'll start with you then, Sammy. Which new releases stood out to you this year so far? Uh, Film-wise? Yeah. Um... Well, there's been a lot of good films uh, that I've seen this year. Uh, I've surprisingly managed to get my hands on a few new ones that came out this year. Um, but for me, standing above them all is The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Um, uh, it's a time loop film slash rom-com slash existential crisis um, and sort of moving drama at times. Uh I just really loved it and I went in I just watched Palm Springs and I went in thinking it would be like a slightly more rom com one and it was um, but I don't know I just loved it um, the references to Doctor Who and the idea of four dimensional shapes and then how that ties into like all the, the, the tiny perfect things that they find um, headed by two very great actors uh playing very interesting characters um yeah i thought it was a bit on the nose like the whole i know that there are like direct references to groundhog day in there they say a lot of stuff like oh this is like groundhog day but yeah it's a nice little story again the, the 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 lead two characters are great fun i like how there is a bit of a twist at the end and everything isn't as it quite seems i also like that there's usually where we've discussed time loops films before when they try to explain what's happening, sometimes you can get lost in exposition and um, fiddly scientific pseudoscience details. And I thought this did very well to simplify what was obviously quite a complicated um, concept on paper. I like mm. the fact that, you know, that the literal map of tiny things is an excellent tool to use. And yeah, I also really enjoyed it. I, do I think haven't it's... seen it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we'll try not to spoil. This is largely, I think, this is going to be a, a spoiler-free um, discussion. So people listening who haven't seen these things, don't be too concerned. Um, yeah. But I think the the way, as you said, it it sounds very complicated on paper. And if I was try to, if I was going to try and describe it, it would sound very convoluted. But I really like the way um, when they like use the map mm. um, to like pinpoint stuff. Uh, I think is really clever. Um, what about you, Mike? I know you've uh, seen it. Yeah, I, I realised it as well. Everything you said, I think it was really good references. It was such a good story, sort of at the heart of it, that went good directions I didn't think it would. I think it did what Palm Springs did very well, that very few time loop movies, time loop movies do, of having two people in it. 
sort of going through the same thing. Um, and I think Catherine Newton was unbelievably good in it. She was amazing. She outshined the other lead by a lot, I thought. <laughs> yeah. Because she was in um she was in Detective Pikachu, wasn't she? Yeah, and she wasn't very good in it. Mm. <laughs> so I, I'm I was surprised because I've never really seen like I've heard obviously Doctor Who throwaway references before, but I've never seen like such specific like details yeah. from specifically yeah. like the new series, like re- like really important things that happen in certain episodes, like direct quotes from the show. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe they're quoting Doctor Who. Like when she goes to see the scientist, it's like being and it's back like, in like yeah. two thousand eight again. Yeah. And yeah, I know Doctor but, like, Who was in an popular. American <laughs> film as well, which makes you Not think. Just a British. Which makes you yeah. think, did she get trapped during the Tenant era? Like, is that when she got trapped? Like, she Lucky only remembers Tenant era <laughs> Doctor Who. Like, <laughs> the only um, one you have to remember. I think, oh, I think you'd, I think you'd really <laughs> love this film, Melanie. I think it's um, okay. got all the things that I think you would enjoy in a film. Mm. Um, no no pirates, though. Things? No pirates. Sadly, no pirates. But <laughs> everything <laughs> else on your list of top ten things to include. Yeah. Um, we know you love Doctor Who references. Now, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I, I know them all by heart. I know everything about Doctor Who. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> oh, it's so great, isn't it? <laughs> Um, yeah. So, did did you prefer this to Palm Springs? Like, yes, I, know they, they, I did. They came out quite close to each other. Um, I really liked Palm Springs as well, um, and I think overall, I probably prefer the two leads in Palm Springs. Um, but I don't know because I'm not normally one for like rom coms and stuff. They're not my like go to thing. But the the way that the time loop added like is such an interesting dynamic, and yeah. like lots of really unique concepts like finding all these tiny perfect things it's not just about two people just like trying to get out although they they obviously do try to get out um mm. but there's more to it than that um and lots yeah. of stuff i'd not seen before so that was really um and, and as i said the leads are so great i was sort of rooting for both of them um although as mike said uh, newton was the clear standout <laughs> we'll move on to mike then um, what have you seen for the first time this year and what's really stood out to you so far? Uh, is this first time this year or released uh, this 2021. year? 2021. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Mm. Because, and hear me out here, a big monkey punches a big lizard for two hours. Uh, I'm going to go <laughs> see this, um, I think, either this week or next week. I get a, an afternoon off work as like a well-being afternoon, uh, so I'm gonna go take it and go and watch um, Godzilla vs Kong because I've seen the others in the MonsterVerse. Um, is that what it's called, the MonsterVerse? Yeah, yeah. legendary um, punch, big thing verse. The Kaiju verse with um, Godzilla at Clifford. The uh, and I've Clifford. really enjoyed all the prior installments, so I'm mm. very excited to see Big Monkey punch Big Gorilla. Uh, no, they're the same thing, Monkey and Gorilla. <laughs> yeah, this is the first film I saw again in cinema since uh, October. No, no, since December actually. Um, I went to see it in uh, Cineworld. Horrified to to see that no longer are they three pound films in Cardiff, all know. the way up to seven pounds. Criminal. Um, but That's I still it was worth half it. the price of anywhere and else though. <laughs> the defining thing that happened for me in the cinema is that I. I laughed pretty much the entire way through. 
but like a good laugh. I, I was like in hysterics because it that it is just was as dumb. Bad? No, 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 no. It's just no, it's, great. it's just as dumb as the other entrances into this universe. But like the stuff with Kong is amazing. Like he's such a great character in this. Like it, there's such heart to him. He's he's emotive. He's clever. He's there's real stakes in this because because um, the com- the reason for the why the conflict happens like. Uh, why? Well, he's trapped on the island when he's not trapped on the island, uh, and then of course you get the action, the the big punch, uh, p- big punch ups. Yeah, I think I think it's great. Um, of course, his relationship with the deaf girl as well. The only the only thing I I thought was a bit wasted in this is um, what's her name, Millie Bob Brown. Bobby, like the, the, the her, Millie Bobby her, Brown, yeah. Her her plot line is completely like pointless. She's just there. And she happens to be everywhere the fighting is. And it's just like, you could take her out of the film and wouldn't change a thing. But um, I have um, a question. Is this the conclusion to the MonsterVerse or are they going to keep doing no. more? I hope not. No, there's going to be more. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to say I'm gonna say some stuff about the film now. Because oh, I've yeah, had my full your, choice stolen by Sammy and Reese so far. I haven't stolen uh, <laughs> Well, I just think about this film. Um, I, I have no idea because I don't care about it. No, Mike. Mike, go on. They really knew what they needed to make going in, and it was that they needed to not bog it down much. It needed to have monsters in it the whole time, and it did. Godzilla's in it less than I thought he would be, but there's still... there's just The whole movie, there's something big and exciting and fun happening, and it never gets any less that way for two hours. And it's, it's just very exciting. Yeah, it's just a great movie. It's exactly what I wanted it to be. The big, big monkey, big monkey punches a big lizard in it. Because I was very concerned after seeing um, King of Monsters, um, I thought they'd like overdone it there, and so oh, I loved King made... of Monsters. No, 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 no. What I mean is that he's fought Ghidorah there. He's become the king by the end of it, and I thought, well, what can he do next? Like, how can Kong match up to a villain of the size of, or how can Kong match up to? being a threat like Ghidorah is but mm. this film does very well to establish its own stakes very early on and the, the conflict is completely justified but also if you ever need to remember <clears throat> like the oh they've done Ghidorah already what are they going to do next just remember back to the fact that there's like 35 of these and Ghidorah showed up in like the fourth one so mm. yeah there's there's ways to keep doing it no I really loved yeah, it I think this is this yeah. is my favourite film I've seen in 2021 as well like it's top of my list just because it's such good fun and again kong um where does where does it rank for you compared to the other um godzilla slash legendary verse whatever godzilla where where would you put it it's at the top of the monster verse for me oh um because it's the one that gets bogged down least by the humans i think and what about godzilla in general uh i have it at out of all the godzilla films ranked at number of which there's like 36 right five i have it ranked at number five out that's of 36. really high wow. that is really high i really liked it <laughs> yeah it's such good fun it's it? really good loads of punching in it <laughs> there is and there's an amazing roar off which is the highlight it's very loud it's a very loud movie <laughs> yeah shall we move from two films that melanie hasn't seen to a film that she has seen yeah that no. i've probably seen <laughs> We've all seen this, haven't we? <clears throat> um, uh, I, I, I think so. Yeah, it's 
Army of the Dead. Now, you always say, you know, film that stood out to you. It's less that it stood out to me. It's more that it's kind of the only film that came out in 2021 <laughs> that I've sort of seen and remember seeing. Um, Too busy watching Black Sails again. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I. so it's a group. I don't know. I guess people know what it's about. It's a group. It's a heist. It's zombies in Las Vegas. There you go. That's the whole plot that they also somehow lose in the middle of the film. <laughs> Um, uh, but I don't know. I think where, where the plot goes, where the plot goes in the second half was clearly what they were setting up the whole movie. Mm, like it didn't yeah. surprise you what went in the second half. If you watched I mean, the second half, is and there really it wasn't a being plot? Up, then you weren't paying attention to the. Yeah, first the half. only dumb bit about the second half is like the last ten minutes. Yeah, the last ten minutes are awful, but I think the second half in general yeah. didn't let go of the plot. It just did the plot they were clearly intending. Mm. I don't. I don't know. I don't think this is a film that will win best screenplay. But that's not important because really? I didn't watch it for that, you know. It's the only I film it. nominated. I, watched it. <laughs> I, watched, I didn't watch this for Zack Snyder. I didn't watch this for what is it, Dave Bautista? Bautista. I know who you watch this <laughs> I for. I only watched this for Matthias Schweighöfer and only Matthias Schweighöfer. No, not for um, Tig. No, yeah, I mean, you watch it for the zombie tiger. But I watched it because you know Matthias has been such a big part in like. You know, my my whole life, just watching entertainment. He's always been there in the German part, obviously. Um, so yeah, it was just really cool seeing him in a big film like this. And he did a really good job. I mean, he just played the character he always plays, essentially. But that's fine. <laughs> um, but a, a little gayer than usual. And I really liked that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm scared that they're not going to make it actual canon that he's gay with Mandaro, but yeah. Well, I don't think they can. Why couldn't they? Uh, I don't, well, I don't I mean, right, no, I, I know why not, but if, I mean, like, they could establish his character actually being gay in the past, and then we would know that maybe there was um, actually something He's heading a, a prequel, right? Yeah, he's directing, uh, directing and starring. Uh, I mean, he usually does. Army, That's Army of Thieves. Him directing and starring is not a new thing. <laughs> I I had absolutely no idea throughout the entire film that, what's the name, Tig Nataro was um, CGI'd in. Mm. I had, yeah. Mm. I had no so idea. So impressively like, done. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, think it's... It's really probably why they, <laughs> they send her up to the roof for yeah. half the film. The thing is, well, no, because that was already what that role was yeah. she cg out on top of it so i think they were just very lucky that the character they ended up needing to replace yeah. was the one that for most of the film was stood on a roof on their own she she plays the exact character basically as she does in star trek discovery which is just like you know pessimistic engineer mm. but yeah the fact that she wasn't with anyone else yeah at the entire time I had no idea that she wasn't meant to be in this film. Yeah, no, I knew uh, but beforehand. she was she was my favorite character in the movie, and I do wonder if like if that character would have been anywhere near as good if it was. <laughs> no, like <laughs> no. you imagine, because no. he's like he's Flock terrible. Of should, I, should I should I beep the name when you say it? <laughs> <laughs> what, don't don't you want to see flock him. of zombies? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, oh, I tell you what, a flock of dudes would be better if they all got eaten by it's zombies. It's going to be a flock of dudes, but yeah. it's actually going to flock... be three hours long. <laughs> yeah. flock, flock of dudes would be better if they got eaten by zombies in the first five minutes and then there was no more movies. The opening in the film is fantastic. Amazing. The zombification. 
Zack Snyder is very good at opening think, credits. The thing is, I think it also didn't help the film that I started watching it at midnight, then decided after one and a half hours that I'm going to take a break. Then I waited <laughs> like 24 hours. Your, <laughs> no, your not mistake 24 was, hours. Maybe like your mistake was starting 20... with Zack Snyder film at midnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're long. They're known for being long. And then I watched He's the, the only hour. director of 2021 to release six and a half hours of movies. <laughs> Yeah, in two goes. I might have to rewatch it when I like have like time and I have snacks and I have friends around maybe and it's like a fun time. Maybe then it's a little better. But yeah, it's just it drags it drags quite a lot. Not a little. Yeah, bit, I I have to agree with Mike. Like when you were um, saying that the plot is just abandoned halfway through, like it fully didn't. Like it was always gonna go the places yeah. that it went I think it to. Just it just takes sometimes too long. feels like it does. Yeah, it sometimes <laughs> feels like it's been abandoned because it's two and a half hours long. <laughs> because he spends like five minutes on a scene where somebody gets killed and it's just like, oh, go on. Yeah. I love that Netflix, this is the Snyder Cut. Just like <laughs> yeah. immediately like full damage control straight away. Like, no, you're not three and a half yeah. hour army of the dead. And it's, re- it's, it's so annoying, some of the reaction to this film though. Like, uh, it's so predictable, like people saying, "Oh, this is this is what happens when you let a filmmaker have full control." Like they should nearly like, you're always have full that because it, yeah, you're, you're only saying that movie. because it's Zack Snyder. You wouldn't say that to the Russo brothers, would you? No. <laughs> also, obviously, he's going to have control because he started his career with a zombie movie that he had full control of. So. Yeah. And also, he's a good filmmaker. There, I said it. He is a good filmmaker. And a very nice bloke. Apparently. He is. I I saw a TikTok about him when he was at a (laughs) That's when Melody gets all her info these days. It's just, I saw a TikTok about it, guys. It's cool, whatever. (laughs) Don't worry, I got this. (laughs) Where's my Sebastian Stan emo reaction? The only reliable source. (laughs) The reason Melanie thought that Army of the Dead lost the plot halfway through was because she actually watched it in a bunch of like few second TikToks that were just the whole movie and watched them out of order. Yeah. TikTok, TikTok. One of them still had. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, Maybe it was also bleep, because, bleep that, because bleep when that. Matthias Schweikhofer wasn't on screen, it was like, "Where is Matthias Schweikhofer? This this has no plot." <laughs> the plot was Matthias Schweikhofer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I, I understand that it's a fun film, but yeah. There's another film about people fighting through hordes of uh, stuff, right? That someone else picked. Yeah, not... There's a very, that was a very wonky segue there. <laughs> wow, I, don't even, I can't even remember what the film is, but I'm betting that doesn't describe it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, Mike. No, so it's a film by Sony Animation. Uh their big release this year, which is Mitchells versus Machines. And essentially it's about this uh, family, normal uh, Midwest US family. You've got the d- daughter, son, two parents. And be- the, the, son and, so the, the father and daughter don't get along because the, the father's like um, a handyman. You know, he's a uh, build stuff, carpentry. Very practical. And he just doesn't get, he just doesn't get his filmmaking uh, eccentric daughter. <laughs> yeah. She's going off to film school. Gay and stuff, and he doesn't quite understand like what she likes. And then on a bonding trip, the world goes to, to shit because these zombie, uh, these zombies, <laughs> robots. Well, the, the Google Google takes over. Google in uh, air quote, quotations, voiced by Olivia Coleman, which is great. But no, it's not Google. It's Apple actually, because it's an upgrade. Anyway, 
and robots and stuff. Yeah, and it's just a really nice They're way of... They're all evil like, anyways. And it's just a way of, like, um, the, fa- uh, the family coming together, overcoming stuff together. And they're, like, the worst family. Like, they're just rubbish at everything. They, they don't contribute. They're not, like, fit. They don't, they don't work out together or anything like that. You know, they're just, like, a bog-standard rubbish family car embarrassing all the time to each other. And, they, you know, um, some great characters. Um, the main character... Uh, Gonna have to look up her name, <laughs> Katie. Uh, probably the most, the, probably the best representation of a young um, gay lesbian in a, like a family film. Like I know if they've actually done it properly here. They haven't just like it's not just like a gimmick. No, it's it's her. It's it's not like something oh mysterious. No, it's properly done really well. I think you'd like Aaron. Um, you'd like Aaron Melanie because he's obsessed with dinosaurs nice. and he just won't stop going on about dinosaurs. He's literally. There's a fantastic gag, like, right at the beginning, where he's going through the phone book, calls the person, it's like, hello, would you like to talk to me about dinosaurs? Uh, no. Okay, puts the phone down, crosses out the name in the phone book, and moves on to the next one. (laughs) And it it has a really funny pug. It is a very funny film. There's a lot of fantastic jokes in this. Yeah, two very funny robots, which they hijack, and there's a brilliant sequence with giant Furbies. Uh, My only issue with the film was, is that this whole thing is about like the dangers of overconsumptions of technology, and yet it's made by um, Sony, who literally all they do is sell technology. Well, yeah, you know, but... they're 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 a, they're a technology company worth forty five so billion. But pounds. would you rather would you rather big companies not finance things that sort of criti- critique stuff like this? No, what I'm saying is I think it's pretty rich of Sony to go, oh look at all these big bad tech companies. Uh, hello. Pot meat kettle. That was the only thing I, I, I saw. There was like this. I couldn't tell whether this film was a little bit evil in that in that messaging. But no, I enjoyed it nonetheless. My main problem with this film is that whilst I think Katie's a really cool character, I'm so done with the oh I'm I make films and you don't get me. Like it's so oh, yeah. incredibly <laughs> cliche. Like the relationship um. as it they sort of build on it and explore. There's like a lot more depth to it, so it's not um, quite as redundant as that. But the the initial starting point, I was just like rolling my eyes at. And I was like, oh, because she's arty and you're not, so you don't get her. And it was like it was very yeah. much like mm. Generation X Y yeah. Z, whatever letter we're on. <laughs> and I was just like. Again, I did enjoy the characters, yeah, the, yeah, but yeah, like, the, the message of the story, like, oh, you've got to find a middle ground they here. It as they sort of, like, develop, and there's some really good emotional beats, especially by the end. Um, and it, it, it's also, like, it's presented in the way that, like, all the characters are right and wrong at different points, whereas actually, like, yeah, but I know the dad sacrificed some stuff, but he is being a little bit of a dick. And like, she's being a little bit ungrateful when she doesn't realise what he's sacrificed yeah. for her. And like, It is good yeah. in that it doesn't paint any of the family as like the, like the antagonist. It's like they're all just people, which is a really nice element. Yeah. I also think it's really funny. Again, I've mentioned the pug. The robots are great. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just nice to have like a good quality family fun friendly film um which isn't which sony are getting so much better at you know sony have now released spider-verse um they they did cloudy with a chance of meatballs it was actually very close to that i thought like tonally like a bit crazy all the time and it's good to see 
Sony are putting their foot down as a really strong animation studio to rival. Yeah, you know, we got Dis- we got Disney Plus now. How much stuff are Pixar and Disney going to release in the next few years? It's good to have a good strong competition again, and I- I'm really excited to see what yeah. they do next. Are you saying that Illumination don't count as <laughs> yeah. big competition? Illumination. <laughs> Yeah. To be fair, the Hotel Transylvania franchise. I've only seen the first good, two. So... Me and Meg watched them. Is one that Illumination? And it was just like I'm pretty sure they are. All oh, right. Considering we've got two big versus films this year, I think that Godzilla and Kong are much more iconic characters than Mitchell, <laughs> Mitchell. and Machine. <laughs> well, that's a lot of machines. It's literally um, every machine. It's not just... <laughs> There's like a toaster at one point that tries to get them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just films that are worthy of note in 2021. A lot of brand new TV shows have come out since the new year, with the biggest Disney Plus releases, WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Whoa. already being discussed by us on this podcast. So avoiding any of the new shows that we've d- discussed before, Melanie, what new TV series have you indulged in this year? Um, so it's probably the best thing that I've seen so far that has come out in 2021, and it's called It's a Sin. It was a BBC short, like, mini-series. Channel 4. And if you want to cry, just watch It's a Sin. It's perfect for oh, yes, just I crying. Love crying. <laughs> um, for lying in your bed afterwards and sobbing silently. Um, now, It's a Sin is about four friends who move together in London. Um, they're all LGBTQ plus people. Um, I think Chill isn't a lesbian. I'm not sure. But all the other men are gay. Um, or older men are gay and it plays during uh, the rise of AIDS I think in the 80s or something mm. 70s, 80s, something like that yeah. 80s um, and so, you know, now you know why it's so freaking sad, I guess um, did um, Russell and... T Davies but it's also Russell. really, really good yeah. Yeah, as Russell far as T. I know Davies... it's by Russell T Davies which is obviously why Melanie loves it what with her being a big fan of Doctor Who <laughs> <laughs> huge fan of Doctor Who huge fan of everything Russell T Davies did in Doctor Who <laughs> There is an amazing <laughs> scene in this show, if you like Doctor Who as well. Mm. Oh yeah, I definitely remember what that was. <laughs> Melanie's favourite um, Doctor is Russell T also... Davies. <laughs> <laughs> it also has Ollie Alexander from Years and Years, and he does a tremendous job. It has great music, it also has a Welsh character. Oh. Um, Getting all that yeah. representation. Um, <laughs> rare. It's just super, it's just so well done, it's really emotional. But also like lots of fun scenes and lots of happiness, but like sadness. And... <laughs> Sorry, a Welsh character in a Russell T Davies Unheard show. of. Have you, you clearly <laughs> haven't seen Doctor Who <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> no, it, I think it's a really great show. Yeah. I watched it. I don't know if you had the chance to watch it all in one go in Switzerland. No, no, Did no. It came no, out I, weekly. Yeah, it came out. Well, it came out weekly. I watched it on BBC. Um, yeah. It came out weekly. And, well, it was. Yeah. It was. It got. It all got put on all four at once, and I mm. I watched it in one go, and it yeah, it, it's phenomenal. Um, I think really... if you want to keep saying, don't watch it all in one. Go. No, how long? How long really is it? Like, like it seems like a show would be very sad to watch in one Five, how, five episodes. Are they five an hour episodes, each? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It, I, it definitely worth a watch, and I like. If you went, if you weren't going to speak about it, I probably would. I was. Mm. Yeah, it's it's heavy hitting. Yeah. But it has. Yeah. It it has God, such that a one char- episode still haunts me, but yeah, yeah. But it has I mean, all of them. <laughs> it has such a great, it has such a grace about it as well. The mm. the way it portrays the eighties, like it's because when you hear, of, I've said this before about 
maybe music and stuff. But when you hear, when your parents speak about like when they grew up, they only speak, usually speak about the good things and they paint the world they lived in in a positive manner. And you actually go, yeah, but come on, it was shit as well. <laughs> you know, and particularly for the men and the, the, other, the characters in this world, it's not an easy world to live in, of course. And you, know, you can't just remember the good stuff. You have to document everything that happens. And it's important. I, this is as much, not just for entertainment. This is for educational purposes, a mm. must-see TV show. Mm. And it, again, it has my favourite scene that I've seen this year in a, in a TV show, which is related to Doctor Who. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. And it's such a great <laughs> reference to rem- Remembrance. Um, I honestly can't uh, remember it. <laughs> I, rem- yeah. I, I love Doctor Who. I know everything about it. Yeah, I know. I- I'm- <laughs> Well, that's why you can't remember the scene from It's a Sin, because every time you try to think of it, your mind just fills with all the other Doctor Who scenes <laughs> mm, that you remember, because you're true, such a big true. fan. Yeah. No, I, no, I think of all the things, if, if anything you're going to go and watch today, <laughs> Sammy, Mike, It's a Sin should be top of your list. Well, I was going to say, do you, not, so do you not recommend yeah. binging it then? Because five hours, a five-hour TV show is something I'd consider just like putting on at 12 o'clock lunchtime and then just watching. The thing is it's super heavy hitting like it's honestly i i watched one episode and i would be in my bed for 10 minutes well, i don't just i don't cry as easily yeah, as I didn't, you. like I films didn't. aren't onions to me <laughs> I, yeah this this show has a lots of layers if uh that's what <gasps> oh like an onion <laughs> yeah but um no i didn't mean to watch it all How in one you go, accidentally watch like, five consecutive one, hours like, <laughs> well no no because i want well hey, it's not that hard you watch one episode yeah i've got to watch the but next then that's episode. a choice that's no, not I've an got accident to watch the <laughs> i didn't want no no but i didn't i didn't watch it to i didn't i didn't watch it i didn't go into it intending oh you sort of like it just, just happened you just did end up because it's so it was such an engaging show and again i mean um davis's last project years and years was fine like a lot conceptually it was good but it didn't hit the landing like the 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 ending of that show was really disappointing considering how they built it up there's no letdown here it's hmm. just it's just sad and it's just I don't know, like um it it really rips your soul was out was ollie alexander also in the tv show years and, and years. you just you just watch it and go oh, i just i can't imagine l- l- growing up in a world like that like mm. it's so it the world was so hateful towards a, a huge portion of the population mm. when they were suffering and needed and you know it's so dehumanizing how people were treated and it's just it's such a it's so hard to watch and to imagine I don't what know it was if you like, guys um, have watched I mean I haven't um so this is more for people listening than for me specifically I don't know if you watched Russell T Davies like other sort of mini trilogy of series um like banana milkshake oh the banana cucumber, cucumber. Um, is yeah, it, it similar to that or like not a no 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 <laughs> no no well they're more the, the it's a sin focuses very heavily on this one group of characters and the the AIDS issue the AIDS pandemic epidemic yeah yeah uh, yeah epidemic whereas cucumber and banana they're more like telling stories of people and more in the modern day aren't they and it's a bit light-hearted. more yeah a bit more light-hearted um sammy oh no it's me hello next. yes i am reese <laughs> speak of light-hearted what i'm going to discuss now isn't really smooth um, the opposite it's like the so... anti-segue <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, the big TV show that came out this year, the series, was season two of Love, Death and Robots. Um, if you don't know what Love, Death and Robots is, it's an anthology series, animated, very similar to Black Mirror. It's got quite dark themes, and they're all centered around, well, love, <gasps> death, and robots. And it's basically, um, is it Tim Miller, um, the the guy who was behind um, Deadpool? basically given a lot of animation studios the chance to create um, unique um, short films between 2 and 15 minutes and then so ser- the series 1 or I think they're called volumes had 18 short films and they're they're quite adult you know there's lots of swearing there's lots of there's some sexual stuff in it there's a lot of gratuitous violence and swearing uh, adult comedy and gratuitous violence um, boy I'm going to check this show out <laughs> yeah no, you you do, and the thing is though, the the because there's lots of different studios and lots of different stories, the quality varies from story to story quite a bit, but it's definitely worth the watch. Like I remember what I said with um, Mike about the package films that if you give people the chance to create, you're going to get crap, but you're going to get some gems, and there are some absolutely brilliant. So are um, different um, stories in this. Sorry, are different studios responsible for like each? Uh, short film or is it a case of yes. some do like multiple yes. stories um no 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 because they're, Cause they're all seen, short films think, they're all very short films made by one studio two or three maybe four from uh, the first series or volume um yeah. when i was living with owen last year well yeah um and i was really shocked that how yeah. different all the art styles and stuff were um and it really i really liked yeah. it i need and to, that's what's great about it delve back in it's yeah, it's heavily influenced by an 80s film called Heavy Metal, which is also an, it's an anthology film. And it's, you know what it's like. There's lots of boobs and lots of gore and there's lots of slime and sex and just violence everywhere. Um, I do think that it, the show does suffer because of that sometimes. Like there is sometimes where it's it needless. just puts gratuitous violence and language just for the sense of it. As for um, season two, they only released eight episodes this year. I think they hampered by the pandemic. Definitely the best episode was one called Pop Squad, which was basically Blade Runner, except there are no, you're not allowed to have kids and people live forever. And so it's about this Blade Runner type character who, who executes children because they're not uh, illegal children. And it's really depressing. Maybe I won't watch this show. And the way that the... No, 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 no. And the, but the way that it develops and he finds another child and how and he starts to like have PTSD about it. Good. <laughs> a really, really amazing 18 minutes. Um, no, I, it's definitely yeah, worth Yeah, I sure watch, hope he does. Searching out. Yeah. And again, and it, I, uh, I understand that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in an episode. Is this correct? Yeah, but that, that episode is cheating because it's meant to be an animated TV show. And it's live action. You mean you and get to see a, Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead's that, that face? Ep- no, oh, but Mike's that hooked. episode is a complete rip-off of The Simpsons. That episode is a completely rip-off of The Simpsons where Lisa creates a civilization in her box. It's exactly the same. Do you know when she has to the be box? Fair, there's over 600 episodes did of that you, show. Did you Everything mean is a complete rip-off of no, no, but, <laughs> no, no, but it's the exact same plot. Is The Simpsons episode not based on anything as well? Or is that an original idea? It was an original. It's also a great episode. Uh, yeah. Another great episode from season two was All Through the House, which is a really, really creepy take on Santa Claus. It's mm. really like, oh my God. Um, but again, I there are some episodes that suffer from looking like a video game. Like it's it, it, it goes into the uncanny valley, like 
although the animation is good and it's trying to look like there's some that make try to make you look like realistic human beings it's like sometimes it goes too far maybe focus on the unique art style as opposed to making it I always look like a real live action the, show because um, if you're just going to make it look like yeah. live action why would make you live make, action use graphics to make realistic things why wouldn't you just shoot that like in camera and then save animation for like the best example for that this season was Snow in the Desert, which is the fourth episode, and it just looks like a video game cutscene, and you just like, it's it, the colouring is yeah it looks realistic, but the colouring is awful. You haven't really got much of a story going. Yeah, there's no. I I tend to favour the ones that are colourful and like I, yeah. There's nothing better than animated violence and gore. You know, watching a two D figure get ripped apart by vampires and stuff. You know, I, I really I. Because I, I, I think I mention this show a lot, just in passing. Because I expect everyone like to have seen it. If you like gratuitous violence and people being ripped apart by vampires, please go watch Castlevania on Netflix. They just dropped their last season. Although I've not seen the last season oh, yet, yeah. which is why I'm not <laughs> going to talk about it today. Um, Love, Death and Robots, a very cool TV show. Everyone needs cool to go TV and see show. it. Um, and Heavy Metal, really, really cool a film. Yeah, some, some bits of Heavy Metal are better than others. Um, yeah. But it's like that's exactly what it's like in this as well, you mm. know. Sometimes it's trying too hard to be adult, just tell a good story. Yeah. Talking of telling a good story, Sammy. Yes. Uh, what Netflix TV show have you been watching that's come out this year? Uh, I watched. I think it only came out like a month ago, maybe. Yeah. Uh, is Shadow and Bone, which is the adaptation of Lee Bardugo's initial trilogy in what has become known as her Grisha verse. Um, and the premise of this season one, which is the adaptation of the first book of this trilogy, is um, this young soldier, um, basically a peasant, but she's sort of been recruited into the army, um, discovers uh, that she is like the the sun summoner, and it's a really bad name. Um, <laughs> it's a like it's genuinely it's, it's a really bad name. Um, but the story is really good. Um, the characters are very endearing. Um, and she's basically the, in this world, only some people can do magic. And there's this one country that's sort of been ripped apart by like this physical shadow, um, called the fold. And it forms like this sort of black dense wall of shadow. Um, and she's supposed to be like the one who's able to like destroy it. Um, but, uh, it's very like teen, YA, yeah, um, it, it sounds a bit like Shadow Hunters and stuff. Like yes, that. Um, yeah. definitely in the same. Only vein. that Shadow Hunters is bad. <laughs> well, yes, I heard the, the I heard the show was very bad. Um, but the books, um, for the that these are based on, are they're they're good books. Um, but they're nothing mm. amazing. But this gave uh, yeah, the yeah. author the opportunity to come in and like polish all the hmm. stuff. Um, that she wanted to but also the reason why I started reading the books and watching this was after this initial trilogy she wrote a duology um, which I really love which is about the sort of criminal element in another part of the world going and like doing heists and stuff and I think they're brilliant and they've been like put into this as sort of like kind of not it's not like a prequel to their thing it doesn't like set anything up for them Um, but they've like put them in the story because they're the thing that everyone's like excited to see um, and I think they're handled really well. So I'm excited to see a season two where they sort of delve into those guys a bit more. But yes, it's very fun. Um, 
any <laughs> I don't think any of you guys have watched it. I I have no, I've, 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 I've seen, seen it. it. What do you think? I was I, I thought it was fine. I think it will benefit from future seasons. Mm. Hopefully they get a bit more of a budget and like Netflix have a bit more confidence in the series. I thought the cast was good. Like seeing Ben Barnes is great. Yeah, he's always um, a pleasure. It, but you've done very well to explain it because it is quite like there's a lot to establish. As you said, the was it the fold? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, the fold is the big. That's quite like, like thick shadow wall. Yeah, it's not easy to explain, and I think Mike has mentioned this before with other fantasy shows. Is that sometimes you just need a map to start with. If you have a map, it just makes everything easier. And the problem with Netflix is that, of course, they can't just give you a map. And so establishing the build-up of the world, of the world, where the fold comes in, where the different peoples come in, it can be confusing. And so maybe the first couple of episodes, I struggled to connect with the characters because I wasn't quite sure what's going on. But when I got to the end of the season, I was satisfied that I wanted to see more. Yeah, I was invested. I was, in it. I was the same. So like, I'd only read the the sequel duology, which is like same world but like different characters and stuff, um, which focuses on Kaz and the Crows, Reese, um, mm. who are like the the sort of criminal element because um, they're all very charismatic and endearing. Um, but after the show finished, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go and read the trilogy, and I'm like halfway through the second book now, which I have in my hands for people who can't see at home. Um, mm. <laughs> so I'm, and I, I definitely, th- I think, because it was in like Netflix, it was like Netflix's number one for like three weeks or something, wasn't it? So yeah. I, I definitely That's have... because everything new Netflix uploads <laughs> is somehow Netflix's number one. Um, <laughs> in every country. I definitely think it will get a season two. And then from there, I think yeah. it will sort of just grow. Like everyone's, yeah. I think everyone has these expectations and pressures on things to be like, to be the new Game of Thrones. And I think things can yeah. just be fantasy without having to like step into that. Um, it can be its own thing. It doesn't need to live up to Game of Thrones or anything like that. I think Netflix deserves a bit of credit with how they've handled fantasy television because, like, they do give these series a chance. It's not just this one. Uh, I watched Warrior Nuns last year. Not a great show, but has potential. Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, great. Like, really good, but they gave it a chance. Um and I think the more people watch it and the more time they give creators to create fantasy on Netflix, hopefully it gets better and hopefully becomes the defining platform for it. Because, you know, fantasy cinema is in a bit of an iffy state. We don't get many releases, but Netflix is doing a very good job of putting content out there to watch. Um, and again, because fantasy is not easy to watch and get your teeth into. You yeah. Know? You have to concentrate watching it's like, it. Um, you can't miss an episode. It is like what Mike was saying when we did the fantasy film episode um, a while back where... Wow, some... sounds like I've got a lot of very, very relevant takes on fantasy. <laughs> um, <laughs> where you're like, sometimes you literally just need like a, a two-minute scroll of like um, PowerPoint presentations to be like, this is the history, now let's crack on with the adventure. Um, yeah. And I think the show does well to convey that within a few episodes. Like, definitely by the end, you have a pretty firm grasp of everything. Um but I wouldn't know about mm. jumping in randomly because I sort of didn't have that blind experience. Yeah. Um, there's one more TV show we could talk about because Mike gets to talk about something he's seen because I don't think he has any idea what we've As been in, talking about. None of these shows. I'm lost, it's all lost on me. Well, you've What's got a lot Russell to watch, though. Davis. <laughs> 
So, Mike, what have you been watching this year? I've picked. It's not a new show for this year. It's just the new season that's out this year. And there's only, at this point, four episodes out. But I wanted to pick it just because I really want to talk about this show. Because <laughs> I, I think it's criminally underwatched. And I think people who haven't seen it don't, I think, fully understand what it is. Um, and a lot of people who did watch it stopped with the first season and gave up. I picked Legends of Tomorrow because season six is out at the moment. One of the Arrowverse shows. And when it started, it had an awful first season where it sort of took side character superheroes from the other Arrowverse shows that weren't really getting a spotlight there and turned them into an ensemble team on a time ship. And then it sort of it was trying way too hard to be Doctor Who, but with superheroes. Like the first season had Arthur Darville as a character called Rip Hunter, who was a time master with a spaceship that travelled in time and camouflaged itself where it landed, and he wore a brown trench coat. Um, and it was sort of it was trying way too hard to be Doctor <laughs> Who. And that first season was terrible, and it turned people off. Yeah. But then something sort of really special happened when they started making season two where they realized a few things and they've been sort of consistently amazing since because they realized that because no one liked their first season and they didn't know how to make something good that they didn't actually have to try <laughs> so what they've done since then is literally every idea they've had i just don't think they said no to it like <laughs> you like you'll get episodes where they'll go to viking time and someone and a someone's accidentally time traveled with a teddy and they've started worshipping it as a warlord because it's a small blue teddy bear that speaks <laughs> and then they'll go into other points in time for some reason people consider this a god and it's just like you get you get the sense that every idea they've had they've said no to and it's a show that stays yes. fresh they've said yes because, to every idea yeah they said That's yes the to they just don't say That's no the, they say no to everything <laughs> um, and it's <laughs> Yeah, no, that's the Flash this season. Um, it's just it's a show that stays very fresh as well because you start with this one ensemble cast, then every season you get new people come in, different people leave, and now the cast only has two people from the original group left, and it doesn't feel like it's a different show because of it because the way they're all introduced is so good, and it's weird that the first season tried to be so character focused and just fell apart, but then since they kind of stopped doing that the way that the characters just naturally evolve through these random situations just means that every character becomes so likable and they start introducing some like really like fan favorite characters as well like reverse flash not reverse flash kid flash joins the team for a bit um constantine has been a main character for three seasons now um mm. and they wrapped up the story that his show didn't get to finish because it got cancelled they wrapped up in one season and it's it's just incredible. I have a I have a query as someone who was watching our reverse for a bit and then it just sort of there was too much filler and I didn't want to keep up with it all. Um will not really having seen the other shows impact how I view like the new characters who come in. Like you say Kid Flash joins in, but I've not, not seen Flash nah. up to that point. So like... not really because after season one most of the new characters they introduce are just new characters yeah. um, for this show. Like, they very much stopped, like... Taking the trying to seat characters. Like, there's an episode where they get a phone call um, asking them to join the crossover, and they put it down and go, no, we're not doing that this year. And then they don't show up in that crossover. It's a show that very, like, actually didn't mind. And there's a few points where there's you'd be lost with some of the references, mm -hmm. but I think you'd get along okay. fine. And what I want to do just to like prove how like 
this show will just say yes to any idea is I just want to go down what the four episodes that have released this season have been so far. Um, so the first episode was set. It's probably the most grounded of this season where they wake up after going to a pop punk party in 1980s London. Um, and it starts as just sort of a hangover star situation where they're trying to retrace all their steps in the night before to figure out one of the, where one of the team has gone uh, missing. Yes. But it turns out she's been abducted by oh, aliens. Oh, yes, very grounded. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it turns out she's been abducted by aliens. And then that spread to the rest of the season where <clears throat> missing. So they're trying to track aliens down through different periods of time to see if one of those aliens knows where she might be. Um, and in the next episode, they went to the 50s to a burger place. It was a rival of McDonald's before McDonald's was a franchise. And someone has been cooking the alien into their burger sauce. So the team has to get a job at the fast food place to make sure people stop eating the burger That's sauce because it's made of alien <laughs> and it's turning everyone into zombies. <laughs> then the third episode um, was set in the 2040s where all TV is now reality TV. And they um, and there's a X Factor style show run by a king with a marshmallow for a head and an evil alien in a battle suit comes to the world whose whole point is that he challenges the kings of different planets in combat and if the king of the planet loses then his army are allowed to come and attack the planet um, and he thinks that because the king of this reality show is just like a king he's the king of the planet and they convince him that the way that we fight to the death on earth is we sing and dance so they have to so all the team have to compete on x factor against this alien criminal in a warsuit <laughs> And then the fourth, the fourth episode, they try and go back to Area 51. No, they try and go um, to the middle of the Cuban Missile Crisis because they think there's an alien being transported. But it turns out it's actually a nuke and they steal a nuke and accidentally almost cause the Cuban Missile Crisis to go off. So they split into two teams where one of them has to go to Fidel Castro's base and a guy gets um, mistaken for Fidel Castro. And uh, no, accidentally gets mistaken for Che Guevara and ends up um, chilling with um, Fidel Castro for the whole episode. Um, and the other one has to go into JFK's office and end up playing actual football with the nuclear football. It's just it's just a great show. because You get the sense that every idea they have, they just go, yes, write that down. And then they do it. And you you got the sense that there's now the last 70 episodes. They just haven't cared because they know that if something's bad, no one's watching anyway. And they're just doing it. I'd recommend anyone to watch it. It's just a show with so much heart and it's so silly and so fun. And just literally anything you want to see, you'll see in this. Because it's it's just incredible. Like there's an episode where they realize that a bad guy is voiced by John Noble. And they go, hey, he sounds like John Noble. So they go, they time travel to the set of Lord of the Rings <laughs> and kidnap John Noble and then get him to record voice lines that sound like he's speaking from the bad guy's perspective so that he can convince the bad guy's followers to not, do what he's saying and then they go drop john noble off on the set of lord of the rings wow. <laughs> okay it's incredible it's a great show oh. everyone watch it it's amazing <laughs> that sounds like a lot um we'll move away from 2021 releases now and just to poke you all about what films you've watched in generally this year so mike what's a film that you've seen for the first time this year that you really oh. fell in love with me again already uh, a film that is a it's impossible. I know you. I know you've seen it recently. I know mainly you've seen it, but Sammy still hasn't seen it. Boo. Um, it's a film that it. is impossible. <laughs> it's impossible to describe in any way to make it sound good. 
Like, <laughs> I, I have no idea how to pitch this movie and make it sound good. So it's a rom-com, a high school rom-com slash horror starring Catherine Langford. Great stuff. Um, where, set in a school <laughs> where students are randomly exploding. And not like some PG-13, just they're gone. Like, proper bloody explosion. Like, if someone explodes, there's blood like everywhere. The level and it's very explosions. sudden. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like those head explosions, but their whole body. And maybe even more blood than that. And the sound effect that goes with it is just horrifying. And then you get the first one, and it's very messed up. But then, once you get the second and third, and then more after that, and you realise that literally any of the characters in this movie can explode at any time, no matter who they are, no matter how important they are, it just becomes, for the next like hour and 40 minutes, the most stressful, tense movie experience ever. And it's every single death is heartbreaking because all the characters are so well-built. Yeah. And Catherine Langford is genuinely fantastic in it. Um, the, the relationship between the two leads, I got so invested in and didn't think I would. And it meant that I was both as invested in all of the sort of character stuff in it as I was in the explosions. And then just the last half an hour, when it becomes, it sort of drops the comedy aspect entirely and just becomes very, very sad. Mm. And then ends on such a fantastic like ending montage and a great message. And I was just thinking, the whole movie, I was thinking, I expected this to be absolutely terrible because the concept is awful. But it was just, yeah, so impressive in sort of every regard. And I, I think I'm going to probably rewatch it and bump it to five stars and put it as one of my favorite movies ever because it was just an absolutely incredible experience. And mm. I think the, the way I felt very on edge the entire time was something that a lot of movies can't do and it maintains it the whole thing and literally there are scenes where just you can't pay attention to the scene because you're 100% certain that a character is going to explode and then they don't yeah. so you let your guard down then the next scene someone will explode and it's just yeah, yeah. and there's one scene in particular that is gonna yeah I think will stay with anyone that watches it forever um yeah. so yeah everyone everyone watch it it Incredible. is it's, it's really great yeah I'm I mean I can just agree to everything that Mike said <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I just, I was so surprised at how great it was. Because, you know, when we watch rubbish, we always watch rubbish films and we're like, oh, okay, it's good for like Wednesday, but it's not, <laughs> that that's a low bar with this. Because um, the poster's dreadful. And I'd mm. only, se- I'd seen two scenes of it and it was when they're talking about smoking in the car and l- I saw the scene. And I was like, I'm not quite sure about this because I didn't know where the scene comes in. And I didn't find the pot stuff particularly funny. But yeah, it's so heartfelt by the end. The message is a nihilistic one. The conclusion. However, it like unifies everyone in the in the, the character. He said they, they take so much time to build these characters up that when they finally reach the end and they're trying to process what has been happening, there's a great scene at the prom where everyone just opens up and it's yeah. like I didn't expect that that good of something to come out of this film and he said Catherine Langford absolutely fantastic like she I, I don't think she's been in many films but every film she's in she seems to be very good I mean you can yeah. say what you like about 13 reasons why if you like the series or not Catherine Langford is not a problem in that series she's fantastic in that she's great in Knives Out She's great in this, and I'm sure if she was in, if we saw her in Endgame, she would have been great in that as well. Well, the scene, the scene is good. I haven't actually seen <laughs> the, the deleted scene. It's, it's a good yeah. scene. Another thing that impressed me about Spontaneous is that I find that rom coms quite often 
they need a lot of characters to have, no matter how close they are at the start, to have a lot of drama between each other at the end of the second act so that they can go into the third act with drama. And sometimes with rom-coms, they force it like, just completely out of nowhere that at the end of the second act, everyone will fall apart. And in this film, it's they don't do that because it's built up so well because obviously everyone's having very different reactions to the fact that everyone they know is exploding. So when you get to the point where the characters are like having tension and falling out with each other, you don't want them to because you assume that they're going to fall out and then explode. Mm. But you also like, it just makes a lot of sense when uh, it does. Is this something that's just randomly started or is this like the world that they've grown up in? You'll see. It's randomly okay, started. Watch it. <laughs> it's, 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 watch yeah, it. just, just watch it. It's Please. incredible. Yeah, just and I think it. you mentioned this as well, Reese, and I think some people disagreed with you, but I fully understand what you meant. And it's that it was sort of a very visually... I'm not going to say visually pleasing. It's a very visually impressive film. Yeah. Because, and, and like audio-wise impressive as well, because each explosion, because of the way the blood is used in it, there are scenes where the way that like blood splatter is done into the rest of the scene is just really well. Because like, I don't think much of a budget but what they get out of it is is really really good um and i've still got the sound effect of when people explode in my head because it's so like ah but it's like it's like what you said like um it becomes very serious at the start when people started exploding i had to sort of like rub my hands together like yeah this is great i'm enjoying this the more you go into it, the more it's like i don't want people to explode anymore because yeah i'm a bit because i actually know who they are and there's a point where you go is this over? And then you go, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Oh, and then it, and it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not a film to enjoy. I'd say yeah. you think it's going to be, it's just too stressful and too tense and too upsetting. Yeah. The worst one for me was the sleeping bag. Ah, yeah. That was the one that scared. No, it's not a spoiler. That's it's not a spoiler, important. Sammy. Cause you'll have no idea when it's. Every, yeah. Lots of people die in this, but that was the one that like, I was like, Oh my God. I like, I was, I, I, at no point was I like properly scared in this film, but that was a bit. I really felt uncomfortable because it's just like, yeah, they they wouldn't know what's happening. They mm. think they're safe, and it's just like, yeah, uh, heartbreaking. Um, Everyone go watch Spontaneous. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Moving on, um, Melanie, what have you watched? What 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 what's the best film that you've watched for the first time this year? Oh, well, uh, I've maybe seen... it's not the best. Sorry. It's very good. Um, I watched Short Term 12. It's a film with Brie Larson, Rami Malek, Stephanie Beatrice, Lakeith Stanfield, and a few more really good actors. And um, it's again, it's it's sort of a sad and happy film. It's very, um, yeah, it's just bittersweet. It's about this, this foster care facility and about the staff who are maybe like in their early 20s looking after these teenagers who are, you know, in a really bad spot, like, in their life. And, yeah, it's, I guess, it's very depressing, but also very uplifting. And I really love it. It's, like, one of those snippets of real-life movies that I really love. And, yeah, it's it's very quickly made itself, it made its way up to, like, one of my favorite films. Yeah, I don't know if any of you have seen Short Film 12. No, I haven't haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. So I'm going to, I'm going to... I'm going to ask the oblo- the obligatory bad joke. Do you have to have seen short term one to eleven? Oh, the film? classic Mike joke yeah. there. What about um? Do you have to have seen short term Tokyo Drift? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. Is, okay, yeah. cool. So, uh, what's what stands out for you in the film? Try and sell it to us because um, 
we have none of us have anything to say about it because we the thing is i just love these like real life movies where you're with a few like a handful of characters and you really get invested with them like emotionally and they do stupid things but it's also like you have happy moments and you have sad moments and i mean it's you know as i said in like a foster care facility and you have all these um troubled teens as well who are also all going through some stuff and it's just if you want to build an emotional connection to like many characters in a film watch short term 12 do any of them um, explode no not watching <laughs> then not watching it <laughs> but yeah i just it's just it's like it's like little miss sunshine you know it's one of those i've not seen that either <laughs> you have, have seen have you, you haven't seen any films like how dare you <laughs> i'm on this podcast I, my role is not just punching bag in the community podcast. It's now just transitioned into my full role for the team here. You want to relinquish the role? Go and watch Lion King. I don't... I'm going to say it. I don't give a fuck about watching Lion film. King. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what else I can like tell you. I mean, yeah, it's like Little Miss Sunshine. It's like one of those bittersweet, nice, cuddly, it's such a good cuddly films. <laughs> It's such a good tone for a film. Obviously, I haven't seen Short Term 12, but saying, like, putting the Little Miss Sunshine comparison in it, it's such, it's such a good tone to have, where it's, like, it's very happy and heartfelt, but also just extremely sad. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 if you can pull off the combo right, then then you've got something really special. Yeah, and they definitely did that. Oh, it's from the same, it's from the same director who did Just Mercy, and he's doing Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That's pretty cool. I bet that's in the same tone. <laughs> Wait, with <laughs> just, no, just Mercy is also really good. Um, okay. God, he's a, he's made yes. some really good films there, and he's hopefully his Marvel film would be excellent as well. Um, that's out this year as well. God, yep. four Marvel mm. films. Fin- finally, going to fix the Mandarin. How dare you? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, we've had this debate. They're finally, going to fix not, Trevor Slattery. Not, not having this debate again. <laughs> But yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> there were other th- stuff that people. Yeah. Oh shit! I just broke the zipper on my trousers. So, what? <laughs> excellent transition. So, what did you watch with Reese? politics <laughs> and stuff? It's just excellent transition. After I, I would like to specify, I'm wearing trackies, and there's like the Reese. bottoms bit zip up and up and down, well, so it's Reese, not like what? anything weird. <laughs> Reese, what what film broke the zipper on your trousers this year? <laughs> um I I've watched this film twice this year already. Um but I'm 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 usually pretty mean when it comes to like my parents picking films because I'm usually like oh they're old and I'm not going to like it. Um the Films are your parents. <laughs> <laughs> but, no um, comment. I no comment and watched, we see. <laughs> I I yeah. sat down and watched this uh film uh by Bill, Bill Forsyth. It's called Local Hero. And it's pretty well-renowned, um, and I can see why. I, I went to it to sceptical, because not that I'm like, against like heartfelt films, but I'm like, oh, I prefer a bit of gore and a bit of action. But I just sank further and further into this film. It's such a comfort film. Basically, this um, oil merchant, you say, from Texas, has to be, has, is sent to Scotland to look out... To, to go to this village to buy all the land in the village so they can turn it into an oil field. Um, and he offers millions of pounds uh, to the, all the residents and stuff. But he slowly grows to love 
the town, and it's like by the end of it, uh, do, it's it's a, it's a conflict for the residents as well. Is it worth taking all this millions of pounds in exchange for their home? Um, it's a beautiful um, Scottish uh, beach, and there's like miles of coastline. There's only a small settlement, and it's a really well done settlement. Like there's um, so it's set in the 80s, but there's like there's this tendency sometimes to like over exaggerate locals, like they're all weird and um, they're all they're untrustworthy and they're like they're always talked behind your back. But in this, it's really well done and respectfully. Like um, Dennis Lawson plays this accountant who also owns a hotel, who also is a taxi driver, but it's not as if he has a job. It's like his role in society, and he manages to get a really good price for like the, the for for the village, um, but. It's like the, the 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 split between money. Is it worth giving up where you live? How much is your home really worth? Is it worth millions of pounds? Um, is it worth relocating? There's this great character, um, Ben Knox, who's just like a hermit who lives on the beach. And it's like, he doesn't want to give up where he lives. And there's a great conflict. Um, Peter Capaldi's in this. It was his first, <gasps> it, in his first ever like serious film role. And he is fantastic in it. Like, I can see Melanie's bounding with excitement because her favourite doctor's think, in this yeah, film. <laughs> I think you've you've really convinced Melanie to watch <laughs> this because it's got Doctor. Doctor Who's Peter Capaldi. He admits that he'd never acted properly before this, and like, but the director Bill Forsyth liked that because he was like unstable and like manic. And do you know the way like he walks as if his ass like a penguin with his ass on fire? He walked exactly <laughs> like he ran exactly like that thirty years ago. It's hilarious. Uh, it's a great film. It's just heartwarming and. I watched it the first time. I was like, oh, I'll give it a four star. Yeah, it's good. It looks good. I watched it the second time. And then I watched all of the making of of it and the way it was made and like everything behind it because there was a big conflict between Bill Forsyth and Warner Brothers because he needed the money to make the film. They wanted it to appeal to an American audience. There was a bit of conflict. Getting Burt Lancaster, a huge Hollywood legend on board, um, to, get, to go to Scotland and film this, at the time, small film. It's got the producer of Chariots of Fire, so that has got some pedigree behind it. It's just a fantastic film, and I know that if I watch it a few more times, it's definitely going to break into my like top forty, top twenty because I love it. I, I I really it's on it's on all four now, like it's on. You can find it on all four, and I it's really worth watching, like just once. Fantastic, and Bill Forsyth is a fantastic filmmaker in general, and I really want to do an episode of on some of his films if we can in the future because I think he's a special filmmaker. Mm. Local hero. Yeah, oh, sounds nice. Adding it to my watch list because it sounds great. Yeah. Oh, this is, yeah. And there's great bits about the stars as well. And oh, there's, there's a bit where it's like a man holds a uh, a ball of sand in his, uh, uh, like a, a handful of sand and he's like comparing that worth to millions. And it's just, it's really well done. Um, oh, I, I can't wait to watch it again. <laughs> I might watch it tomorrow again just because it's so good anybody have any questions about it i don't no the main character is boone from animal house if that convinces you more ah yes my favorite <laughs> house. oh yeah yes my favorite doctor what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. peter uh, <laughs> how can you not love peter capaldi i don't care if you're not a doctor i actually fan. don't like peter capaldi and you what much i'll get off what's because wrong with is, you i I just didn't understand. <laughs> wow, Melanie's like, xenophobic. Right. She hates what? Scottish I see. people. 
<laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> and he's brilliant. Anyway, um, who's next? Me. <laughs> Savvy. Does this? Do, yeah. Does your film have any um, any Scottish people for Melanie, Melanie uh, to not, not understand? Not that I'm aware of. Um, so the other film I've gone for, like a first time watch this year, that I was just sort of staggered by was When Marnie Was There, which is a Studio Ghibli film. Uh, I'm aware that Mike has seen it. I don't know if you guys mm. have. Um, have. It's nope. just a really uh, sincere and emotional sort of exploration of uh, anxiety and depression and feeling out of place and being able to connect to other people and then the sort of codependency that can form there um but also realizing well like when you need to step back and there's this really sort of deep story um behind it all like it's a little bit of a ghost story it's a little bit of a drama it's a little bit of like as i said like this exploration of these sort of like really important themes um it's I, I didn't ex- go in expecting to be like floored by this because I'm not normally one for these sort of films. Um, but yeah, I was just, I was just blown away by it. I was like nearly in tears at the end. Um, it was just this really emotional masterpiece of, uh, and it was Studio Ghibli as well. So you get all the added bonus of, <laughs> Sounds yeah, like it's just Studio, Studio, Ghibli. Studio Ghibli, but it's Studio Ghibli <laughs> yeah, on pretty much. top form. Yeah. And whilst I like, there are other films like nice. Castle in the Sky okay. or Howl's Moving Castle for like the whimsy and the magic. Um, whilst this film has definitely still has elements of them, the focus isn't on that. It's more real and grounded. Um, and I wasn't expecting to love it as much as I did. And the yeah. characters are just so good. Like, it's just the the story works because the characters are so compelling. And there's, even though it's not in its essence, a fully a mystery film. There's just such a sense of mystery to some of the characters that you just want to keep on watching. Especially so the find first out two thirds. Yeah, I wasn't sure good. where it was going. Very, very like, I was still really into it at that point, but I, was, I wasn't sure where it was going. And then when it got to the end, I was like, oh, that makes sense. That's really great. Um, yeah. Melanie, this will be like mega yeah, onions really for you. Movie. You will weep and weep. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this film's got so many um, layers, Melody. Also, the the English dub has Haley Steinfeld in it, so guaranteed good performance the there. Dub? Yeah, because it's just what automatically came on when I watched it on Netflix. Subtitles, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just a uh, my second favorite Ghibli film behind Castle in the Sky. Um, I'm gonna have to watch it, aren't I? <laughs> it's on Netflix. Yeah, they're all yeah. I'll, it's on, I'll watch it it's on Netflix. So like, it's, so. it's available, and it's not too long either. Um, I yeah, I don't See, think too long. I feel really bad that I haven't watched all of Studio Ghibli yet because it's like it's all been on Netflix for like over a year, and I still haven't watched like Spirited Away, mm. which is like the basic one. I I was I mean? like, really underwhelmed by Spirited one. Away because I went in expecting this like unequivocal masterpiece, and I watched it. And I was like, I like this, but I didn't I didn't see it, and it really annoyed me because I it's went onto forums. Film, looking for like reasons as to why I didn't click with this film and they were like oh some people just don't like the art style or the music and I was like no but I love those things about it why don't I why aren't I enamored with you didn't like well, it because I you didn't watch it as a child 
because you but didn't turn on the TV and then I it feel was like just films that are limited. Like, oh, what is this? And then that. you were like, like, oh my god, it's. Magic. I should be able to connect with it now. Like I connected with Castle in the Sky like a bunch. Like that has. You know what you well. you know what you should connect. With? Oh, f Lion King. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the circle of life. Do you know the sort of that person? Do you know the sort of, of person who would say that? The sort anyway, of person who hasn't anyway, seen let, the Lion King. We go into that again all the time we've got for today uh so i'll be sure to check out everything that we've discussed today thank you for all taking part and to all those listening all that's left for me to say is goodbye from melanie um goodbye goodbye from mike oh oh exclusive that's going to be the blockbuster to show at the Cannes film festival this year <laughs> fast and furious at Cannes. <laughs> and uh goodbye from mike uh goodbye Goodbye from Sammy. F*** the Lion King. Oi! He's looking forward to the Lion King. I'm looking forward to Sammy the Lion King. I'm looking Lion forward King. to continually not watching the Lion King. The Lion King sequel. And action Lion King sequel. finally, goodbye from me. I'm goodbye. looking forward to... I'm looking forward to going back in time and watching every Chris Delia film, but he's been replaced by Tignatero. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. They better get um, an Oscar for that visual, uh, the visual effects. That was really good. Fantastic. All right. I might replace cool. Sammy with. I might. I might replace I will... Sammy with Tig, Tignataro. <laughs> 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 Recording. <laughs> At least she's seen The Lion King. <laughs>